Shazam? What a joke. I'm nobody. I came because I have no choice. I came to save my home and the people that I love. Truth. Justice. The American way. Hello and welcome back to Elseworlds DC Fan Podcast. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today once again is Chris from the Multiversal Omnibus. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing great today. It's been a good day. Everything's kind of gone right. And now we're talking Superman and Lois. Uh, maybe we'll get in some to some Batman talk if that's the way <laughs> things always go. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited. Um, waiting on James Gunn, man. Dude. Tell us what. Yeah. Tell us what's going on. Um, I was like, I woke up today. I thought this might be the day. This might be the day. Yeah, he's gonna wait till January thirty first, isn't he? <laughs> well, that's the good thing, I guess, is that we know it's between now and uh, the third. Now and the thirty first uh, that we should get the drop. There was a little bit that leaked out with um, Jason Momoa, who mm-hmm. had left a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, I think yesterday. And he was very excited and said he can't wait to share the news when he can. So a lot of people are suspecting maybe the Lobo news is true. Um, And that could steer us right into Superman, which is kind of the topic of today. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's it's exciting times, man. Yeah, I'm not sure when I'm putting this episode up. So if you're listening and I already dropped my recap of the James Gunn slate, then you might be confused. But we're recording this a little uh, on the 20th of January. Um, I might try to get this up before. But if you know, if he drops, uh, if he shadow drops this announcement on Monday and I don't have this up yet, then uh, then, uh, you know. That's why we're not talking about it right now. <laughs> but yes, uh, we are talking Superman and Lois season two. So thank you, Chris, for coming back on to talk Superman and Lois. We also got a little trailer for season three that we might be able to talk about after we're done this season two talk. Oh, that would be great because that's that trailer. I was like, they're starting out with fire. Um, so very excited about that. Um, we should probably get into season two first. What do you think? Yes, yeah, definitely season two first, which uh, started premiering almost a year ago today. Uh, season two, episode two, The Ties That Bind, was uh, January 18th, 2022. Um, and the premiere is January 11th, 2022. So, uh, and, and it's funny because we've both been talking about it and we mentioned it last episode that season one is still fresher in our minds. Mm-hmm. But I did rewatch like the first nine of season two to kind of because I remember the end pretty well. It was like the beginning of this season that I really needed to refresh myself on. Um, and it was great. You know what? The the premiere was so much better than I remember. I, I think this is a very strong premiere. What lies beneath, um, mm-hmm. which takes place like three months after the defeat of Tal Ro 
And uh, it kind of picks up immediately, right, when we have Natalie, which we didn't really talk about last episode. But Natalie landed um, and saw Lois and said, Mom. And it kind of ended right there. And then uh, this this episode kind of picks up right away. And then we kind of flash forward uh, after that. But uh, I guess we can start off with just talking about this premiere and how they handle this whole Natalie stuff as we we've kind of covered extensively last episode, what we thought of each of these iteration of characters. But now mm-hmm. that we have a new character thrown into the mix here, um, I guess just kind of give me your thoughts on Natalie and how tough it would be maybe for somebody to, uh, we, we kind of covered it on um, John Henry Iron's side of seeing mm-hmm. his wife. Uh, but now she is seeing her mom with the man that killed her and happy. Uh, so that is uh, th- that is interesting. Give me your thoughts on Natalie. Well, I, th- I think Natalie was handled really well on um, this season. I thought it was uh, uh, she's a good character who um, is put in an impossible situation. And I think they walk the line of her being frustrated and angsty, but then productive and helpful at the same time. And I think they walk the line. I think the the debate between her and her father later on in the season about whether she can use her the suit that she makes um is very powerful because it's like that's kind of like that's kind of every parent's worst nightmare your your kid's going to do something that could end up being their demise um but you know they're going to do it anyway and they're fully fully committed to it and i there's a lot of cool stuff with that. And I, I just thought Natalie was a really interesting character. She worked well with the Kent boys. I thought that was, that was good. I was a little worried that there would be some sort of weird romantic tingling thing going on there. And that didn't happen. And I was like, Oh, good. Um, so, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. There was no forced, forced romance or forced drama. Um, and if anything, we didn't get enough of just the emotional roller coaster she went through in the season. She remember she starts off the season the same as John Henry Iron starts the last season, and she makes the same exact arc. So you're seeing the daughter cope with the same things you just saw the father cope with, and the daughter's very different than the uh, John Henry Iron's character. In fact, she's got it's weird because you can kind of see she's got some Lois in her. So it's, it, it's very interesting. Yeah. And what's interesting too, I think is, you know, we, we start off with one, what day is it? Right. Because the, so I'm guessing because she is in Metropolis, they went to school earlier than Smallville because she was going to school that day early. Um, but the kids didn't like Sarah had just arrived back from camp and they don't go to school yet. So that was kind of something that threw me off. I was like, wait a minute, like mm-hmm. she's going to school, but these kids aren't. So I'm guessing Metropolis went back sooner than Smallville did, but, or it could just be another one of those details like Sarah's sister where it doesn't yeah. quite matter and it doesn't <laughs> right. need to make sense. It doesn't even make sense that these kids are 15 years old. I think yeah. early in the season, they make a point that they're 15 and you're like, wait a second, are they 15? Cause like in my head, like going into the season, I'm like, they're 16 or 17. 
And uh, they're definitely not 18, but we get the we get the scene where Clark leaves Jonathan alone with his girlfriend and Lois walks in on them and that yeah. was yeah. yeah, they were they were getting out of business. And well, I like how you brought that up because um I mean, look, this is better than like in Smallville when you have Tom Welling that's 25 playing 15, mm-hmm. right? So we work yeah. a little closer to ages, I think, on this show. But when you have um you have Clark even say like, I didn't even think of doing that at that age, you know? And it's kind of like Lois mentioned she would have. So like, we're kind of seeing where the boys are getting it. They're actually getting it from their mother and not from Clark <laughs> in this, in this well, instance. Well, you know, Superman's always called the big blue boy scout. And in this yeah, iteration exactly. of Superman, he is definitely the big blue boy scout. Like he is just unabashedly very, the big blue boy scout. Um, uh, I, I think it's funny because I, I think you see Jonathan, we talked about it last season, take more after Lois and Jordan mm-hmm. take more yeah. after Clark. And I got to be honest with you, what you just said about how they're getting it from Lois, it's like Jordan would have never even, yeah, thought, you know, how, yeah, especially when you think that. he's in a relationship and he's, he's moving at, at, at the good old slow pace with, with Sarah so that you know you can see the difference I mean Jordan's definitely more of the Clark pace with that and Jordan's like let's go let's go let's go let's go let's go let's go which most 15 year olds probably are you're right Jordan probably wouldn't do that I mean he even asked permission right of the uh of the place where they got in trouble at last time to make sure he could have his little escape with Sarah Mm -hmm. who uh, we'll find out later on in the season has kissed a friend of hers at camp and is kind of feeling distant with Jordan. Cause she doesn't, I guess, want to confront this. Right. So she's feeling a little awkward about it. Um, and we also learned that Lana is helping another candidate run for mayor. I think most people kind of figured that would fall by the wayside pretty quickly. And it does. I think episode three, she runs by herself. I think mm-hmm. I it, it you know, when you're watching it week to week, it takes a little bit longer, but I binged like the first four in one day and I was like, okay, yeah, she's already running for mayor by herself. Like, I don't know why they just didn't start off like that, but <laughs> it's whatever. Well, especially because they set it up in season one. They they really did mm-hmm. s- set it up. Um, and I, I think this was a plan the whole time. I think it was... a a way to like bring up the idea more organically in the show other than, Oh, I'm just going to run for mayor, but she got encouragement from her family first. And I think that made it more realistic. I think that was the goal of that. Um, I thought the Sarah kissing the girl thing was something they probably could have done a little bit better. I felt like it was, we need something to slow down Jordan and Sarah, but we don't know what it is. So they never really went fully in any direction. And I also thought Jordan kind of reacted a little weird to that. But I I thought it was a little too harsh on her after that. Well, I thought he actually handled it pretty well. I mean, because I'm just thinking, like, he he doesn't seem, like, upset about it. It's more of like a – so he even says, like, so you want to be with her now? And she's like, no. And then he's like, so why did you do – like, in his mind, it's like – Right, I get it. You know, why would you even – make why would you even do that if you weren't thinking about uh you know 
maybe going with her long term. And I can see how that can kind of shock you a bit of like, okay, yeah. not, now now he has, now he's learning that she's bi, right? Which is maybe something he didn't plan to like think about like, oh, okay. Like, well, we didn't even really learn that. See, that's why I think they kind of glossed over this yeah, they kind did. of a they weird way really... where they're, they're like, was it just like seeing what would happen or was it, you know, you know, they never planted the I'm by flag. And I thought they could have really shown some representation doing it that way. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, when you're that young, you're grappling with a lot of sort, a lot of things. And I feel like, like most of the Cushing storylines, it kind of gets blown over the, pulled over the carpet, the carpet pulled over it or whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And it's all about how it impacts the Kent thing. And, I don't know. I thought it was a little too much about Jordan. Um, yeah, but, I can see that. But because um, when I watch the show, they pull over to the Cushings so much. I kind of just I'm kind of rooting for them to make the Cushings part of the show more earned and let more more rewarding to the show. And there are some episodes where they do it. And there's some episodes where they're like, yeah, they're here again. Yeah, yeah. It like slows down the show, and I think Sarah and Jordan needed the slowdown, and that's why they did this whole storyline. That that was my big problem with it. It wasn't necessary. I just think they could have done a lot more with it, a lot quicker. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, you're bringing up an issue that happens a lot with any TV show, right? Of okay, well, we got the end game couple together, and now we need to slow it down, right? Or now we need <laughs> yeah. to break them up because we moved maybe faster on it than we, than we thought. Um, well, the, the theme of the second half of the season was Jordan was holding secrets from Sarah. Clark was holding secrets from Lana. And then when Clark tells Lana that he's Superman, then all of a sudden he can't even see Sarah anymore. So right. you, you needed the payoff for that. I think that was the payoff. And I think if you're binging this season, I think that gets a much greater effect mm-hmm. than week to week. And this is another reason why the CW needs to just commit to showing this every week. But uh, yeah. uh, we talked about that the last time. But I, I just really think you're you the first half of the season, the second half of the season felt a little disconnected, and I see what they're going for, and it works better in binge mode. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think. You know, like I said, when I watched like the first nine over again, first nine or ten over again, and some of this stuff flew by way faster than I remember it, which is good. Like I think it holds up better mm-hmm. on the rewatch than you know when you're going week to week because this was a thing that was a sore su- subject for a lot of fans this season. Were the Cushings? It does seem like there is that they definitely milked them more this year for drama than they did in season one. Because uh, you kind of have the whole uh, the cheating subplot, right? Um, for mm-hmm. um, for oh my god, I'm blanking on his name right now. Kyle, uh, Kyle, thank you for Kyle. Uh, and then Kyle has to live alone for a bit, and then he's also the one that kind of gets in Sarah's ear for breaking up with Jordan about the secrets and lies, right? And then. Uh, so, so there's a whole bunch of that stuff going on, um, which I think many people were like, "Ooh, I was just kind of hoping that 
everything would just run smoothly, right? But uh, well, TV rarely does like that. Well, I think the the problem was that we talked about this in the first season. They used when things you said last time when the cats were doing well, the cushions had to be doing badly. Um, this time the cats weren't the cats were tense this whole season, so I don't think the cushing things balanced anything out. I think season one, to your point, it balanced it out. And this season, I'm like, Lois was on edge the whole season because of her sister. Um, Clark was on edge the whole season for numerous reasons. I just thought that... Not just for her sister, too, but she was dealing with the Natalie stuff, too. So Lois really had it through the ringer uh, this this season. And then uh, Chrissy was was really pounding on her and mm-hmm. uh, telling her, you know, you have to keep me as a full partner. Let me in the loop. Well, she doesn't know the big secret that she's got um, with the whole Superman thing. But Chrissy was very hard on Lois this season, which is very interesting because this season they're positioned as business partners, 50, yeah. 50. And it's a dichotomy shift because in the first season, Chrissy just worships the ground that Lois walks on and this season Chrissy is like okay why are you such an attack dog to Lois like you're not being fair I thought she was a bit of a poor friend to Lois in this one and I thought Lois was actually a little too fair to Chrissy some of this time Mm. a lot of this stuff is family stuff you don't need to talk about see for me Chrissy I thought was way more in the right in this because like in my mind right like if we're mm-hmm. thinking that they're partners now, right? That they're partners now, which is different from season one, right? Where she was just an employee under Chrissy. And then she finds out about this podcast. If this damages Lois's reputation, Lois is the only thing the Smallville Gazette or whatever has going for it, right? So if they, if, the, if she loses Lois because of the damage to her reputation, then Chrissy's going to maybe lose the paper, maybe lose her job because you know, Lois was the one bringing in the readers uh, of the small paper because, you know, they were able to break some national stuff with the small mm-hmm. bill stuff from season one. Well, I think the problem is more less about the business partners and more that Chrissy seemed to think she was a tighter friend to Lois than I think she was. I think... Um, and look, Lois is in an impossible position because she's covering the whole Superman thing and she's kind of Superman's wife. So it's, it, I thought it was a weird tight wire act the whole season. And I, I just thought, you know, in the beginning, Chrissy goes way too sympathetic to the uh, Ali Alston call. Um, she's doubting her way too soon. And I, I thought she jumped the gun on doubting Lois. And I think, you know, when you think of superhero shows, and uh, these aren't the ones with powers, but when you think about superhero shows, you always think about the guys who stick with the main character through thick and thin. Think of a John Diggle and Arrow. I don't know if you really watched Arrow that much. I have not, yeah. But that, we talked about that. Yeah, it's a bad example for you then. But, <laughs> but... But like I think of I, I think of like a John Diggle and Arrow, a guy who stuck with Oliver Queen in impossible situations no matter what, and from square one, thick as thieves, right? Well, 
I, I feel like Chrissy is trying to get on the inside track so much that she's really not earning the friendship. Does that make sense? I guess I, I would probably disagree with it, but I, I can see where you're coming from with it. Uh, Cause in my opinion, I mean, Chrissy just feels like in my opinion of that, she feels like maybe Lois is taking advantage of her a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think she does trust Lois. I think she does. She she decides she's though gonna do some investigative work herself on it because Lois wasn't giving her anything with it, and we find out it's because of her sister, right? It it is Lucy that is the source mm-hmm. on this whole backtrack on the Ali Austin stuff, and you know, it, it takes one meeting really with uh, with Chrissy and Ali Austin when they show her the Bizarro verse that you know, she really freaks out and is, and is kind of back right in team Lois. I think at that point. So I think she just needed to kind of have a conversation herself with them. Right. Uh, is, is kind of what I mm-hmm. got from it. But uh, before we get into the bizarro stuff and the Ali Austin stuff, um, mm-hmm. which was a weird pick Ali Austin for a main villain. Right. But it's phrased as originally, you know, it's it's shot and uh, the what end scene of episode two, I think it is, where the fist is coming out of the ground is like right from a doomsday um, cover, right? Or panel. And then the way it comes out and he's wearing like a suit, everybody's thinking, oh, we're leading to doomsday, right? Like that is what doomsday comes out of the ground, all that kind of stuff. But what we're, this is another one of those rug pulled out from underneath you it ends up being uh bizarro and Mm -hmm. uh, we see that at the end of i guess yeah episode three shows him uh in the um in the fortress taking off the suit and we get to see bizarro which i thought they did he looks really good in this i think bizarro was absolute perfection if there was one thing this season did perfectly bizarro the bizarro planet it was perfect um and that that twist really worked for me because i'm thinking i went in geared up amped up ready for a doomsday fight on tv i was like oh my goodness we're gonna doomsday i was i was ready i literally was like okay i gotta pick up the uh the death the old death of the superman uh trade right and i was like i'm reading that that i read that the day before the next episode i was like i was like okay Let's go. Let's and go. last year was Let's the go. anniversary of it too. It was like mm-hmm. a, oh, it was it? Uh, I because they came out with a special like. Oh, you're right. Th- you're right. Yeah, you're right. Because I remember seeing that logo plastered everywhere for like a yeah, month. 1992. So yeah, last year was the 30th anniversary. So it would have worked. It would have been like a huge like. Oh, we're mm-hmm. doing Deaths of Superman. We're doing um, uh, Doomsday, and this fall you can pick up the, <laughs> you know the new trade paperback or the new, like I got a reprint. I think, well, I, I think I bought the reprint of death of Superman that came out that this year. I got that could have been a really fun synergetic moment, but especially cause you, you, in the back of your mind, you're like, they have Jordan so they can, they yeah. can have a Superman without Superman. So you're like, they're doing this. And, and I they thought, have steel, I'm getting, you know, like yes, you have Superboy and steel. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you, you can, and, go and, up to it. You you can literally do the death. You have all the players in place 
for the death of Superman, really. And you know they're going to bring in Lex Luthor in season three. So, I mean, you really have all the all the things in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I don't know, man. I, I will tell you, it worked for me, though, because when when it was his face and he's looking at his face and then at the end of the episode, you see the backwards closing of the episode with the Bizarro logo. Oh, yeah. It's like, and then Lois and Su- Superman and Lois is backwards yep. on the screen. I was like, I'm literally going like, they're doing that. They're, 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 yes. Because I didn't really care that it wasn't Doomsday. I was happy that it was Bizarro. I was like, because we haven't really gotten a good interpretation of him in live action. So I was like, this is great. Yes. And I, what I agree, I... I did not think they would be able to do doomsday well on a CW budget. So when I saw Bizarro, I was kind of like, like wiping the sweat off my brow, like, whew, <laughs> we dodged a bullet there. Cause I was really worried at how it would look, uh, you know, it would have taken up the entire budget of the season on like two episodes. Yes, exactly. And you're like, uh, they wouldn't be able to show them as much, anything like that. Even then mm-hmm. they don't really show that this is the downfall of season two though, is that, Mm-hmm. Bizarro dies pretty quickly. Uh, when I watched like yes. nine of these in two days, I was like, "Oh, he died pretty quick." I forgot how quick he died. So Bizarro being such in a look, I, I got to be honest with you. I think the name was Anderson, the military guy, yeah. being the the big bad to go along with Valley, and it was just like that that guy. Just, brought nothing to the season for me. I was just like, I never got invested in it. I never got his understanding. I never sympathized with him. So when that whole story arc started, I was just like, oh, they're kind of losing me. I, I was enjoying the show, but Allie Alston, I didn't think was a great villain. And I, because she never had great motivation. We never understood what she was trying to do other than, oh, I'm going to merge everybody with the other world. It, but why? Like, what was the deep-seated motivation? This, I, I thought the villains in general were the weakness of the season. The yeah. characters in the show, the heroes are always the highlight. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think the downside of the season, while we got Bizarro, and I really enjoyed getting Bizarro, and some fights against Bizarro, the issue becomes when you're leaning on Ali Austin and Anderson as your main villains, right? When you have Bizarro right there. Yeah. And then you get, yeah, you get Bizarro Superboy, right? We get John with powers mm-hmm. and he's dressed in his Superboy type outfit. So that's, that's cool. But then it's just kind of like, I don't know. I, I think one thing that can get tightened up in both of these seasons is kind of the, fight against the villains kind of go on a little too long. I don't mean like in one episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we kind of get climax in like three of these episodes um, in each season. And you're like, okay, like we can be done with this now. Like uh, it's kind of the only downside. I think this is the problem of being a good storyteller for these writers because they do quick arcs. They do quick arcs mm-hmm. and they're like on to the next. And it was, you know, one of the problems with like, say the flash, or Supergirl over the years, or Legends even, was season-long bad guys. And 
it was a problem when you get 24 episodes. We talked about it last time. There's 15 episodes much better for Superman and Lois because you have more succinct storytelling. I think these guys are too efficient in their storytelling. I actually think they need to learn to embellish some places because they wrap up some really climactic stuff and anticlimactic things. I remember season one, I said it felt like there was three endings. Yeah. Well, there were, there was a bunch of different stories wrapped up in this season, um, which is kind of impressive. And it's also kind of the reason that none of them felt like the big one. Mm-hmm. I, it was all about Allie. And I, it, in the beginning of the season, I wasn't sure that Allie was the main problem. Yeah, she, you know, is using this medallion to, you know, somehow merge, right? Like, that's her whole thing. She wants to merge the two worlds together, and she can become, I guess, super powerful? I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. uh, how that equates to that, right? But it it happens. Well, Well, so here's the thing also, is she became more powerful than Superman and could destroy John Henry Irons pretty easily. Yeah. And it's just like, it's a little interesting because the, the paradigm shift, Superman's always the one who could just, Oh, if you just punched everybody, it would be over in a minute. Well, Allie is just kicking everybody's butt left and right. And you're just like, but that was quick. It's like that meme from Anchorman. Well, that escalated. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we do get. Uh, so we get at one point two Lana learning the news. Uh, we also get at some mm-hmm. point early on here, um, John Henry Irons getting injured fighting against Bizarro, right? And he kind of gets out, knocked out of commission for a bit, where he's in the hospital for uh, quite a few episodes. And I felt like that was a a down point as well for me. Cause I just really enjoy his story. And he was just kind of sidelined a bit, mm-hmm. uh, which I felt was unfortunate in season in season two. Yeah. I could have done without that story choice. I, I could have done, I, I could have done without that because remember at the end of end of the season, Natalie's freaking out that he, she thinks he's lost him again. So you kind of have it twice in one season. Yeah. And you're like, that would have hit harder if he she didn't have that earlier in the season. Um, but I mean, look, I, I think John Henry Irons' character is we talked about it, an underrated MVP. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they were trying to get a little more out of Natalie and get a little more out of Jordan. So to get a little more of their Henry Irons from Natalie and a little more of the Superman from Jordan. And I think that was the goal. And I think the cost of that is uh, the two best characters um, in terms of powers were kind of sidelined a little bit in this season. Yes. Uh, So during this um, season as well, so we do get this nice little uh, time where, where Superman is gone for what is it like 30 30 days and 30 nights that superman is gone due to um it, it was a short time for him but he follows uh ally 
uh, into the inverse world, which is where the Bizarros are cu- comes from. And uh, when he comes back, um, you know, Jordan is kind of filling in for him a bit, doing it, John Henry Irons and Jordan start kind of picking up some of the slack. Jordan against his mom's wishes and John Henry Irons doing, you know, he like saves a plane, right? Doesn't he? Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Uh, so that that was a very interesting storyline too. I, I think this is one of my top episodes is just like seeing the 30 days without Clark and them kind of having to adapt to that and deal with it. And now Lois has to deal with not only her, uh, man, she really goes through it. She has to deal with Natalie. She has to deal with Clark gone for yep. 30 days and she has to deal with her sister. And what we also get there is her being a single mom at that point, trying to make sure Jordan doesn't do anything crazy that jeopardizes his safety. Mm-hmm. Jordan will have to help her out uh, and, and her and her dad, you know, when they both get captured by uh, some people. Um, he comes in and has to save the day, which I thought was uh, a great scene as well. But I, I don't know. I think this is probably one of the stronger episodes of the season for me, 30 days and 30 nights, just kind of seeing, okay, what are these characters doing without Superman? How does this all work? Lana wins the election. Clark comes back like the next episode and it was only for him. What? Like a day. And he comes back mm-hmm. and, uh, he didn't know that Lana had won and he runs into her, you know, their excuse was that she was, Mm -hmm. you know, he was on assignment in in Metropolis and stuff, but, um, it kind of caused the day of smartphones that doesn't really work. Like the day of smartphones that doesn't really work. Like, I don't know. I, the excuses for Clark were a little better in season one than they were in season two. Um, but, I agree. That was a very powerful, powerful episode. And it, I really liked uh, Jordan, you know, rescuing the day, saving the day at the fire. That, that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, and I thought Jordan really did some really cool things in the season. I, even the uh, convenience mark where he uses his frost breath to trip up the bad guy or the shoplifter or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you really call him a bad guy, that kind of a thing. But, and then he calls his grandfather and he's like, don't worry, the security camera's already gone. There's, there's some nice touches there. And, um, you know, Jordan started to get a little cocky with his powers. Um, and it was cool because I think that's how it happens when you develop skills. You start to get a, to test the boundaries of them. And you start to want to see how much you can do. Um, I think that was very a natural progression. Um, so I was all all about the Jordan stuff this season. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, I really liked him stepping up. I thought he was mm-hmm. doing great. And I think, uh, you know, I, I just think that his um, his actor, um, Alex uh, Garfin, is doing a really good job as Jordan. And, you know, having to deal with, superpowers and you know picking up the pieces when his dad is gone i thought jordan's arc was really cool here and then we get this mm-hmm. nice episode well right after 30 days and 30 nights we get bizarros in a bizarro world which is another fun one where we get to kind of see the um the the 
what he went through, right? Um, mm-hmm. What uh, what Superman did while he was there, but also we get some of the flashbacks of Kal El landing and not being a Kent, right? In this universe, in the Bizarro, he's not a Kent. He is uh, Kal El. Jonathan's known as John L. Um, and they also have Tal Ro there who is married to Lana. It was just like this wild. I love when shows do alternate universes and oh, see it was, what's different. It was chef's kiss. Perfect. It was, it was, it was awesome. I really enjoyed the, the kind of play with the idea of what if it wasn't a secret? Um, this is kind of like, see, see, this is why it's so important. See, this is why it's so important to have the secret. And also what it would be like if, Jonathan Kent grows up knowing he's going to be Superman and then he's living in the shadow and he, he can never quite be Superman, but he has the powers from square one. I, that, that to me was kind of where the, and tell Roe and Lana, that was a, that was an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't expect that twist to like hit the way that that hit, but I was like, that works. I was like, in that alternate universe, that works. You know, yeah, what I thought it was going to be, right? When when we get to um, Tal Ro's um, fortress, and that's how they get Bizarro to speak, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, we get Clark's uh, mom, who is able, instead of his dad, in the fortress, and she is able to kind of set something up so it can reverse his speech because they speak backwards. And you get this... Uh, moment where he says to Tauro that your wife tried to kill me. So I thought his wife was going to be Allie Austin in the other universe. Like I thought that's what Tauro's wife was made sense. But so when it turned out to be Lana, I was like, how is she going to try to kill him? And then, um, yeah, she does. She does try. Uh, we get that. (laughs) We get one of those, uh, what hallway scenes where we get Bizarro escaping, uh, and him taking down some of those other supermen like, like Lana and people that were team Allie in the alternate universe. And it was just, you know, kind of cool seeing that as well. Especially the mirroring of the scene in one earth to the other was mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah. It was really well done. I mean, I think it was the best cinematography this show has done yet. I think that was another thing. Chef's kiss. Perfect. It was great. Uh, I was all about the way the show looks. I think the presentation of the show has never missed a beat. Yes. Yeah, I think that, you know, um, especially when we we have to take into account it's a CW show, right? Like, they don't have mm-hmm. the budget that something like Peacemaker on HBO Max has, stuff like that. So uh, they're going to be a little bit more limited on what they can do, how it will look. And I think they've done a really good job of that. We talked about it last but time. But they're also fighting the stigma of being a CW show. So they have to be the CW show that doesn't look like yes. a CW show. No other CW show has ever had to be like, yeah, we're not a CW show. We're just on the CW. Right. Like the Flash steers straight into the fact we're a CW. Show. Right, right, right. Um, whereas Superman and Lois is like, this is an HBO Max show. It has HBO Max money. Um, so, and, and you remember they changed the contract, so it doesn't go straight to Netflix. It goes to HBO max. Yes. Yeah. So Warner brothers is taking more of a stake in Superman and Lois, which unfortunately is probably going to be why Superman and Lois doesn't continue after this season. 
I mean, I'm hoping I'm wrong. We'll see. But... Yeah. I, I think, uh, well, here's the thing. Next star who bought CW wants to only have eight um, scripted shows. And they, they've kind of said that, like, what? I think, <laughs> I think Walker, Texas Ranger, and Superman and Lois are their highest rated scripted content. So I could see those two shows staying um, for at least a season's four. I think they get at least one more is my thought process. And I, I I'm continuing to think that way because if they were, if they were able to do like, this is flash's final season, I think they'll do the same thing for Superman and Lois when it comes time. And the ratings this shows is, is much higher because uh, of the quality of it. I, I the only thing is I, I'm a, I, I'm a legends of tomorrow fan and I will forever be left on the cliffhanger that, you know, that show didn't wrap the wrap all the strings. So I'm like, eh, I don't trust the CW. I, don't, eh, I have trust issues with the CW. But, yeah, it would be cool to have a farewell season. It also might go until James Gunn Superman movie. I think it could lead up to that. Yes. Um, th- that, and that would be the ending of it. That's probably 2025. So I would say, yeah, you probably mm-hmm. get at most two seasons and hopefully one more. But just yeah, looking it's at not going to be a 10 season show, though. Yeah, just looking at the ratings of Legends of Tomorrow compared to Superman and Lois, they are much higher. So I, I do think that but probably Legends of Tomorrow has a huge streaming fan base. I mean, it caught on. It's one of those shows that people started binging on Netflix and fell in love with. So yeah, but I'm saying in CW shoes, like CW doesn't care about streaming, right? Because they're, they're gonna like they're gonna look at it as I need to sell ads is how CW looks at it. So, so they're going to now, if it was, if CW is actually still owned by like WB or something at that time, that would probably make a difference, but well, CW used to get all of its money from Netflix. Now the deals are done. So CW doesn't get pretty much anything from streaming anymore. Yeah. Because no one, no one's like, Oh, let me go to the CW app and watch the next day with 17 commercials that are all the same commercial. Yeah, no, that sounds like a fun experience. Yeah. They watch it on Hulu or they record it on TV or they wait until it all hits HBO max, um, for some of this stuff. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I I'm, I'm positive. We get at least season four. That's what I, that's what I'll say. I, I think I'm at least positive of, of that much. Um, I hope anyway, because, you know, even if you're worried about, like, even if you're James Gunn and people were sharing um, tweets of his from earlier last year where he wasn't as much in favor of two different versions of stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, the Superman movie is not going to be out until 2025. So at that point, I think you just let this show run its course and, and get another year or two and then that's it, right? Like, uh, I, I kind of think, think we're going to know. I think four five is a fine run for the show. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I think we're going to kind of know by the middle of next season if this yeah. is going to be it. Because they're going to, if they think this is going to be it, they're going to unload the whole gun into the season and they're going to build up to an ending. Um, which I don't even know if you can end a show like this because it's just Superman in a continuum. It's, it's not this beginning. It's not the end. It's the middle. It's it, not Smallville, that's, right? Smallville, that's interesting. Smallville, we always knew the ending would be he becomes Superman. So where does the ending go right. 
for Superman and Lois. Here's what I would want out of an ending. I know we're jumping way ahead here, but what I would want. Yeah, is we I- do need to get back to season two because I don't want to shortchange yeah, the yeah. second season of the show. But this is kind of the natural conversation. What I would want to see as an ending is something that wraps up a lot of the plots of characters like John Henry Irons, uh, the Cushings, stuff like that. And then maybe just kind of a soft, like, Superman and Jordan are still out there doing their thing. And I think I'd be happy with that. Like, we, we, you don't, like, you want to wrap it up to where everybody feels closure, but you can't mm-hmm. just wrap up Superman. He's still out there doing his thing. So that's so, how I would kind uh, of do it. My, my closing in mind is the kids grow up, Jonathan goes to college, Jordan follows his father into the whole Superman business. And at the end of the kids being in college, um, Clark says, hey, Jordan, um, I'm going to retire. You're Superman. Um, You're Superman. You're not Superboy. You're Superman. Um, Go for it, dude. That's kind of how I am. And then, you know, Clark and Lois can just kind of go off into the sunset being like, we raised our kids. We're good. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if they're going to be financially set enough to do that. Um, but, you know, that, you know, you can plot wise that like, oh, Lois wrote a book. Boom. Million dollars yeah, right there. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I think what you could do also is just like kind of fast forward to where like Superman maybe retires like loosely where he is Mm -hmm. like you fast forward to where he's older and I know he ages slower, but you know, to the point where he's like older and Jordan's got it and he's like, all right, I'm going to let you handle this. I'm going to spend some time with your mom, you know, call me if you need type of thing. Like, I, I think that'd be fine. Um, Back to season two. Uh, yes. So we have the Bizarro. Good, good transition. We have Allie Austin. And we let's talk about Lucy. <laughs> let's talk about Lucy Lane because we haven't mm-hmm. yet. Uh, man, did she annoy the crap out of me in this season. Uh, well, that was the purpose of I know. Lucy in this. Well, what Lucy did really well in this, what, what worked with Lucy in this season, was we've never seen anything unravel Lois. And Lucy is the one thing that unravels Lois like a ball of yarn. And I think that was very powerful. Um, the sibling dynamic was definitely you know, the chip on her shoulder for um, how Lois treated her. And, you know, Lois was raising her basically because dad's doing the DOD thing. Um, dude, that, that kind of hurts, man. I, it's just, uh, you feel... You feel it's. I think Lois looks at at Lucy as her biggest failure. So Lucy wasn't really a character that you needed to develop. It was what Lucy was to Lois that needed to be developed. Yes, yeah, but so my biggest issue with Lucy is I kind of forgave her a lot as we continued, but once she like, like what chloroformed her own dad to escape or whatever that one time I was like, all right, we've given you five chances now. <laughs> like stop it. Uh, to the point where I don't know if they bring her back, if I'll ever trust anything she does, but. Um, well, I don't yeah. think you're supposed to. And here's the thing. 
They could actually set it up as, as very interesting as she's Lois's Morgan Edge. That could, right, right. That you know, you could have you could have Loki and you could have the whole Loki series. It'd be great. Um, but um, uh, silliness aside, um, I, I I think the problem with Lucy was they kept teetering back of how far into the cult she was. Yeah. Like, oh, she's okay now, but she's not okay. But then she almost died, but she doesn't think she almost died. Um, and I think that was the problem. They weren't consistent with Lucy. And that's why um, I did like the scene in the bookstore where she said, yeah, my name is Lucy Lane. Um, and double L's, that's my dad's thing. Because mm-hmm. Allie says, nice alliteration. And she says, double L's, that's my dad's thing. And I think it's a fun way to point out the fact that everyone in Superman's mythos has an LL. Yeah. Lana Lang, yeah. Lois Lane, Lucy Lane. Everybody except the Kents. <laughs> Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah. It is funny because yeah, it's not just a it's not just a Sam Lane thing. Lily and Luther. Everyone. <laughs> uh, Lionel Luther, if you're going, you know. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Lots of double L's in the in the mythos there. Nice pull there. I, I appreciate the pull. But I guess let's talk about uh, real quick with season two, Jordan's plot line. I mean, not Jordan's plot line, sorry, Jonathan's plot line with the XK taking the drugs mm-hmm. uh, to become a better football player. And I really like the way they handle Lois and Clark talking to him about this and how they handle it and not just like brush it off of, oh, you're good. Like, we understand. It was so much like real parenting. I feel like of just like, no, you're in trouble. And like, you need to tell me what you're doing because the school wants to like kick you out. Like, and how many times she gives him opportunities Mm -hmm. to come forward. And then eventually he does say who supplied him and stuff, but you know, just, just, I feel like that's stuff that we would see in like, I don't know, some other shows that would be done kind of like half ass of like, Oh, you should have just told me buddy. But it's like, they really laid into him, Lois. You know, she's like, I'm well, dealing with so much other stuff. Like the your worst dad thing is he's gone. ever done. Yeah, it's the worst thing he's ever done. And I, the only problem I had with it is if your motivation is to gain something out of it, to be a better football player, the second you get caught, if that's your motivation, you say, Hey, it was this check, right? So I didn't understand what his motivation was. But every other aspect of the story was perfect. The motivation of Jonathan was the only problem I had. The real parenting you got there. I, that, that seems like the parents are like trying to stiff arm the, the world and say, look, this is our kid. We got to protect him. Meanwhile, they're basically going, dude, you got to give me something. Yeah. You got to give me a reason to be on your side. Because notice they weren't just on his side. They were, look, this is bad. You are in trouble, like you said. I thought it was, I thought it was really stiff, stern parenting, but with with laced with the fact that, yeah, we're not giving up on you, but we are so done with you right now. Yeah, and I think that is that is a thing that I think only the parent son relationship could really go to. It's very realistic. Yeah. yeah, no, I really, I really enjoyed. Uh that like i didn't like him making those decisions but it wasn't like a plot i hated it was like one of those where you're like you're you're almost thinking like the parents you're like jonathan you know better than this what are you doing right it's one of the, it's one of those things he's gonna think back oh, God, i was like, so stupid 
Yeah, yeah, we all have those. <laughs> and exactly, and that's another realistic part of it. Is again, the only problem I have was the motivation. The motivation of I want to get something out of this X game. I want to, and then it was like they kind of played with a couple concepts. They kind of played with does he want to be better at football? Does, does he want to have superpowers like his family? That was a little bit of both. I think. What, I think it was. Yeah. I think so. This is where I would go if I'm if I'm Jonathan. This is where I think his motivation is. Football is all that he has over his brother, right? And even that, his brother was able to get into the team due to his powers, right? Mm-hmm. And then he sees this other guy who sucks getting better due to another advantage, and he's like, "This is all I have. I have football, right? I can't, I can't do the superpowers, but I'm good at this." And he gets screwed out of it again, and he's like, "I need." If everybody else is going to have this advantage, I'm going to have this advantage. Almost the baseball steroid stuff, right? Uh, I'm going to have this advantage. And then when he gets caught, it's like, okay, well, why don't you just turn over your girlfriend? Because I don't want to hurt her for this, right? So, like, if I think if somebody else gave it to him, he would have turned them in no problem. It's then his girlfriend who turns, you know, who is the one selling this stuff, and he's conflicted in that regard of what is the right thing to do here? I'm going to be my own sort of hero and kind of fall on my sword for her. The only way he can be a hero right now, because he doesn't have powers, is kind of what I got from Jonathan on it. But then he'll realize at some point, I doubt they're staying together, right? So at some point, you got to, she's the one that made the decision to sell. She has to face the repercussions. You Mm -hmm. can't just, and that's what Lois says. You can't just like, we appreciate you trying to cover for someone, but you're doing it wrong. This is way bigger. This isn't like somebody that like shoplifted a piece of gum. They look, if Sarah did the, if Sarah did this and Jordan took the fall, you could understand it because there's a built up relationship. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of just get thrown in with this girl and but this one. this girl is just like hey jonathan all of a sudden i'm your girlfriend and jonathan's like i'm gonna throw away everything everything for this girl it doesn't make any sense again jonathan's motivation but it does speak to the fact that he's 15 he's stupid um and he's not stupid he's 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 gonna do things that he's gonna learn for stupid but in the moment they make sense to him um, I think that's the problem with Jonathan's character. I don't, I don't know what makes sense to that man. Uh, I actually really hope the actor who fills in um, for him does a better job connecting with me because I, I just, I always felt a little detached from Jonathan. I always thought he was the third wheel of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, and I, I talked about that last time in season one. I was like. You know, they had the writing kept Jonathan interesting, but the actor really didn't do it. So I'm hoping that's an upgrade. We'll see. They've they've barely shown any of him like talking, uh, right? We've we've seen some clips mm-hmm. of like stills. We we see like this mm-hmm. hap- was a happy birthday, um, some sort of happy birthday sign in the new trailer too that has all four of them, um, on it. But yeah, I, we're not really sure. I think Jordan Elsass did a good job. I actually really liked him, but it's also like, I feel like they didn't really give Jonathan much to do. And that's the issue that they're running into. Mm-hmm. 
and we'll see what they do for season three because you know all the stories so far have been revolved around football right well if they just made him a little if they just tinkered the character a little bit i actually was thinking his character would be better if he was a scrappy wide receiver because if you look at him doesn't look like he's the big strapping quarterback mm-hmm. he looks like the scrappy little julian element like receiver right, like he right. looks like he looks like the little runt that can right and i feel like if he was a receiver or something like that or even like a smaller undersized uh jitterbug of a running back it, you know that would make some sense but the quarterback it was just like it's almost like they didn't know the positions and by the way in season one there's totally a scene where jordan is asked to play corner and he's totally playing defensive end. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, and, and I know it's a CW show. I get it. But as a football guy, I'm just like, this freaking show. Um, I think but, the writers uh, write it and they probably know. But then when it comes to the people having to put them in position on the, on the set, yeah. they're like, yeah, stand there. That's fine. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Um, but that that's small potatoes. But Oregon – Instead of making him receiver, maybe just make him clever. Just make him really clever and come yeah. up with cool ideas or witty um, with good one-liners or something. Just have his character p- to provide some sort of entertainment outside of the story. Yeah, because that's the, that's the bad thing is that Jordan was the nerd one, right? And then he mm-hmm. is now also the one with powers. So it gives uh, Jonathan mainly just being the jock uh, in a lot of this and the Chuck isn't the interesting character. The, we all know the nerds are the ones who have all the fun. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, and like when I meet people, and I, I'm a football guy. I'm a, I'm a football nerd, and I, I am a comic book guy. It was, I like superhero stuff. But when I meet people, and they're not super obsessed with a topic, I find them boring. When they're not really into any one thing, yeah, yeah. Or, they're, or they're just into one thing, but... He's not even obsessive about football. I mean, that guy obviously doesn't get it. I'm just saying. You know, it's just, I don't get it, man. I, I don't get what they're trying to do with him. Um, but, you know, I the story, the writing, writing, there have been episodes where he said, great Jonathan episodes. Yeah. And, and then, but when they, want to, when they want to poop on a character, it's always Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, so I guess let's kind of pivot as we're running close to an hour here. Let's kind of pivot to yeah, the yeah. end of the season. We're we're left mm-hmm. with some things. Um, you know, Lana tells Kyle their relationship won't ever be the same. Lois tells Chrissy that Clark is Superman, uh, letting her in to this family secret. Lana already mm-hmm. knows at this point. Um. John Diggle is visiting uh, John Henry Irons, right? And he hey, don't get me started on how annoyed I am that they're not connected to the Arrowverse, but they have John Diggle. <laughs> and then they make it make sense. Hey, he still exists, right? But uh, yeah, I guess. But he still exists, knowing all the other characters yeah, yeah. from the Arrowverse. It's not like they established that like he's a different John Diggle. Right. Right. Um, but he wants to know why Bruno Mannheim killed this earth, John Henry Irons. So now we know who killed John Henry Irons in our world. Uh, it's Bruno Mannheim. He is cast and going to be in season three. He is cast, um, 
to be uh, played by Chad Coleman from The Walking Dead and the uh, what Wire and stuff. He's been in a lot of stuff. That is an interesting casting. That 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 could yeah. work. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. And he said in interviews, he said he really likes this role. It's one of his like yeah you know, that he he's really into this role, which I think is a big big. I mean, this is a big casting. I think really, I mean, if he can get somebody that was on The Wire. Yeah. And Walking Dead on, on a CW show, I think that's that's really great. Well, why is he not? Why is he doing this show? Is what you're almost like. He must really be into it. Like, yeah, they pitched it to him, and he's like, "Nah, I don't want to." And then they're like, "Just hear me out. Just hear me out." Right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he is a member of Inner Gang or leader of Inner Gang um, at, at times. But he is uh, created by Jack Kirby in 1971. So. That's that's pretty cool. Where Jack Kirby goes, good things always follow. Yes, of course. So that's that's set up for season three. Um, mm-hmm. Tal Rowe is kind of back in the good graces a bit, right? Um, I I have issue. I have issue with the ending of this. With this, can I can I talk about that? Yeah, because are you talking about when he goes to the inverse Smallville to live uh, while Lucy? is moving to metropolis that's where they set these two characters. no it's that's interesting but uh, the the thing that i have a problem with is they have to recharge superman and he they have to take him to space into the sun well superman's a human basically his cells are normal right and that that's the problem because his cells shouldn't be normal he's not he's a kryptonian he has no traces of being a Kryptonian. He can't even hear Jordan from the deck when he's in the yard. So how does he not suffocate in space before he gets to the sun? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And it's the only – it's a great ending. It's a. It's very all-star Superman-y. Um, but that part just is just I, – I liked it the first time I saw it, and the second time I'm like, wait a second. I, I think I overthought it, but wait a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I forgot. I totally forgot, and I didn't watch this finale, but I totally forgot. He buys trucks for Jonathan and Jordan and moves to the inverse Smallville. So I guess we might not see that much Tal Row going forward, do you think? Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Well, they like this character a little too much. Yeah. They didn't really need to include him in the season at all if they didn't want to. He will pop up. He will be in two to three episodes every season. They will find a way. I'm convinced of that. I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking somehow they'll the need show, his help. The show will get stale. He'll come back. Whether this season or season four, he'll somehow come through. The writers will be like, "This is getting boring. We need Talro." <laughs> yeah, but it's like another alternate universe Tauro where he's evil again or something. <laughs> they'll, they'll do a whole right, bunch so, of stuff. So he goes all the way to the Bizarro planet just to find out that he's there and he never left. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, those are the kind of things if the show runs 10 seasons, they'll be they'll be like, we got to bring him back. <laughs> we'll see, though. He's not on the guest li- He's not on the cast list for season three. So maybe... He'll show up in the finale that that's what happens. Yeah. Maybe- that's, that's how that... He's coming back for the finale, whether it's season three or season four. Oh, yeah. And I forgot that Clark takes his whole family to the ocean and they create a new fortress 
there. Oh, that was a cool scene. It was. I really that, liked that. Was, that was a really cool scene. Um, and, and you know what? That was, that was like, it was so healing after that season where they went through so much emotion. Um, I find it interesting that we're, we're talking about the end of the season and we don't really care about Ali. We don't really care about no. Ali. I, I, it, she, I don't she wasn't think, interesting enough. She really wasn't. No, there was no motivation. I just, I was like, okay. It, I know a lot of people have called her the mustache twirling villain. Um, only just female, so she doesn't have the mustache. But you, it's like, ooh, look at me. I'm going to make the world disappear. Right. So, yeah. All right. So you want to talk season three trailer before we go? Uh, yeah, let's do that. So, uh, Lois. Here we go. Hold on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna okay. watch it. Thirty seconds. We're gonna put it up here on the screen. Heck yes. And we are going to watch it here. Like this. Reminded me how truly magical it is to be a mom. I might be pregnant. Lois is missing. How could you just leave her? Life's worth stake. My daughter's life is at stake. Isn't this what you've been training for? I can't do this kind of stuff alone. We'll find her. Lois! We are going to get through this as a family. Superman and Lois, season three. Oh, that's like, I'm getting emotional just watching the trailer. It's like, that is a tense trailer. Yeah. So we get like one line from the new jonathan isn't this what you've yeah. been training for so there you go um but we the very also, jonathan line yeah you know it's like <laughs> hey aren't you supposed to be the one who does things and uh we get the we get the daily planet globe falling while lois is underneath mm-hmm. of it do you think this is a real thing or do you think this is a uh like dream or bait and switch what, what, what do we think here Okay, so I've been trained by the show to expect the bait and switch. Yeah. I think we're getting it this time. I think we're getting what they're promising this time. I think there will be a bait and switch. But the reason I think there will be a bait and switch is we don't know why she's missing. We don't know what the lives at stake were in that situation. If Let's put it to you this way. If Superman walks away from a crime scene without Lois Lane, something serious happened. We don't know what that something serious was. That's the intrigue for me. Because Clark Kent is not walking out of a crime scene without his wife. Mm-hmm. All right. So it had to be an unbelievable situation, which is going to make for some very captivating TV. We also get like this green shot of like maybe kryptonite being used on Clark right before the globe is falling. Um, that we mm-hmm. see a clip of that. Um, I think we see like John Henry Irons wearing his suit as well. Like quick flash of it. I'm trying to find it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is, uh, this looks very interesting. Not a lot to go off of. We think Lois, Lois thinks she might be pregnant again for whatever reason she thinks that. Have they even had time? Well, I think that might be why he says how. He said he says how like I don't know if they've even been intimate recently or maybe this be like be like Lois do you have something else to tell me yeah <laughs> yeah you and John Henry Irons really uh but yeah so we have 
If the show does that, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think she'll be really pregnant. I I think at this point, I I don't know why you would go go to that part of it that that much. Well, when the expected fathers is how you have a you have a conundrum there. Yeah, so we also have, yeah, this was what I was talking about, the happy birthday, Jordan and Jonathan. That was at the beginning. So they're celebrating their birthday. It looks like they're in the barn, maybe, with a projector, and it has a picture uh-huh. of the four of the family. So uh, they are in there. But um, that's where we get, like, our first look at the new Jonathan before he starts speaking. But, yeah, it looks like they're having some sort of party in the barn for their birthdays, showing some highlights of their, um, like, home videos stuff like that but good old family stuff that you expect from the show in mixed in with the world is ending everybody right right yeah and uh yeah i really wonder where we're gonna go from here because some of this stuff seems so huge for the main villain to be bruno Mannheim. Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm wondering you know we've heard lex is getting cast at some point with maybe a chance to be in a season four as well so i don't know maybe 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 we get another bait and switch here with Bruno Mannheim. <laughs> He's actually somebody else. Or yeah, that seems, that could be. Some of this stuff seems huge. That's going on to just be like a gangster. So I guess. But see. but see, here's the thing. That's what I said. That's why I think you're getting the bait and switch. I don't think we we see why all the stuff happens, and yeah. that that's the intrigue to me. Because again, you think Clark is just walking out of there without Lois? I, I that. And then the, by the way, the, the, the globe daily planet globe falling, that looked cool. That looked like a movie shot. And I was like, okay. So the episode after that, there will be no action. Oh, it'll just be a quiet, nobody for this episode. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be fun. March 14th, man, it's right around the corner. Um, it feels like it'll be here forever, but that's because we've been waiting for James Gunn all month. Um, yeah. And like, it just times moving slow. Like, just tell me something. Yeah, really. Uh, just needing to, um, we just, we just need that, right? We just need it to be back, back on our screen. Yep. Yeah. We need hope. We need Superman. We need, we need truth, justice, you know, let's go. Truth, justice, and a better tomorrow, right? That's the new slogan. Yeah, I almost said and the American way, and then I was like, wait a second, that's not it anymore. So. Nope. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, is, yeah, I can't wait, dude. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Me too. I'm really excited for season three. We'll see how it goes. But it premieres the 14th of March, which is a Tuesday, um, and it'll be... Hopefully every week they finish filming. It looks like on March 13th. So they should have no big, like, I, I think they wouldn't be any like month long breaks. They might get some, a week or two. It's going to be here. like a mid season. There'll be a mid season. hiatus. Yeah. There, there might be they a little stretch bit, it like, out, but I don't, I don't know. I'm I, thinking... I don't think they're going to want to go too much in the summer. Like they've been doing. Yeah. You know? Well, the next star thing also, it could be a completely different business model. So they might hurry this thing up. I honestly wonder if they're hurrying this thing up because they want to be done with a lot of this stuff. 
I don't know. Apparently they're big fans of this show. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, how could you not be big fans of the show? It's like literally. Here's the thing about this show that's so impressive is I know a bunch of people who haven't watched it, but of the people who have watched it, I don't know one who doesn't like it. That's the whole point. There's not one person I've ever talked to that's just like, I hate this show. Right, right, yeah. Uh, I did see a lot more people hating season two than season one, but I think these are two very good seasons. I just think season one was just, I think season one was too good. Yeah. I think normally, normally shows start off like season two and they build a season one. They knew exactly what they wanted to do season one. I don't know that they actually knew exactly where they wanted to go in season two. I think they were a little wishy-washy with it, but um, they loved the characters and the characters were right most of the season. So the I forgive some of the plot for what they do so well with characters. Right, right. All right. Well, a- anything else you want to add about season two or predictions for season three? Or do you want to share where uh, people can uh, follow? Yeah. Um, my only prediction for season three is that you're going to get a lot more Jordan and Superman side by side. I think they're, I, I think you're going to see instead of sidelining Superman, you're going to see Jordan doing stuff with Superman. I think that's going to be cool. Um, but yeah, um, our first show for Multiversal Omnibus is going to be live on YouTube. Uh, we're going to do the StreamYard thing. Um, January 27th. Friday, January 27th. We're actually having a production meeting tonight. Nice. Which is really just an excuse to hang out is really what it is. But uh, we're going to talk format and stuff. We're really excited about that. You can follow um, Multiversal Omnibus, which is a Marvel, DC, all things nerdy. We'll even talk some Star Wars. Um, at Multiversal Omni on Twitter. Um and uh, you can follow me at footballman58. I'm a Russell Street Report uh, writer. If you like the Baltimore Ravens, you can read my stuff there. Um, and if you're just into the comic book stuff, I got you covered there. So those are my plugs. Um, thanks for uh, having me on, by the way. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. I enjoyed this a lot. Well, thanks for coming on. I'm glad somebody was able to come on and talk Superman and Lois with me. So um, Yeah. And, and, you know, remember, season three – Season three, we're gonna ha- we might have some updates every now and then, you know. Maybe yeah. do five or six episodes and be like, all right, let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll all have, right, we'll have to have you back on for that. And, and you know what? If you want to come on the multiversal omnibus, sometimes we'll probably have a segment or two that we can get you on for. Sign me up. Put me in. The, yeah, put me on the I, list. you know, when we're talking Superman, if we have an episode that Saul Superman. I know exactly who my first yep. call is. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so uh-huh. if, if uh, yeah, so follow Chris over there. Uh, follow our show here, uh, the Elseworlds at Elseworlds DC fan on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I also started a blog, which you can link on the link tree. Just comic reviews is what I'm putting there. So I've been reviewing some of the latest comics, putting those up. Uh, if you want to follow our uh, Marvel podcast that is at TO Infinity Saga on Twitter. The full show is called To the Infinity Saga and Beyond. And I have a blog for that site as well, which is doing all Marvel comic um, reviews right now. So I just read Kang the Conqueror from 2021 to prepare myself for Ant Man and the uh, Wasp Quantumania. 
And I'll be doing a breakdown of that series over on the Marvel pod as well. So keep your And eyes I will be listening. Definitely. I'll be listening to that. I'm looking forward to Quantum Mania. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah, that is my most anticipated right now. Yeah, it's gonna be nuts. Oh yeah, definitely. And it, Kang, Kang's one of my favorite villains, so it's gonna be a lot of fun seeing him. And you know, the, the trailer showing his full-on green and purple and blue suit is uh, just, perfect. Yes. Uh, all right, finish your plugs. I'm sorry, I I was like, interjecting because I'm all excited. That, but that, we just started talking again. I was like, darn. <laughs> I got you going again. My bad. Yep, that's fine. That's all of my plugs. So just uh, all the links to that is in the show notes. So just keep your uh, eyes and ears peeled for that. And thank you all for listening. And we will catch you all next time.